Hi, it's Reverend Kurt Condra at Unity on the North Shore in Evanston, Illinois. Unity offers positive, practical, and progressive teachings that support spiritual evolution and abundant living. You can join us for our weekly Sunday service at 1030 in these days of sequestering. It's by Zoom. Uh, so please visit our website at www.unityns.org and register for the Zoom link. If you missed the service, you can also see the video version of our Sunday lessons on our YouTube channel, Unity North Shore. Again, visit us at our website, www.unityns.org, to see the many ways in which we're creating connection in this time of physical distancing. God bless. You know, in Unity, we often evoke, invoke this image of a, of a butterfly bursting out of a chrysalis or a, a chick pecking its way out of a shell for, as a sign for transformation. So we have this like, beautiful image of, of a new beginning. But if you think about it, there's a process to that, right? Inside that shell, inside that chrysalis, everything that sustained that life to that point is completely breaking down and dissolving and reshaping itself. So I think in some ways it also becomes a really beautiful metaphor for the process that we engage in when we begin to accept that endings are a necessary part of our, of our life, of our spiritual journey, and of sort of the unfolding and the, the the embodiment of these beautiful principles that we hold so dearly in, in, in unity, right? The sense of oneness that we all aspire to requires that some of the separation, some of the structures in place must be broken down. And that's not necessarily going to feel great, but we know that out of that pain, there is a healing process that gets evoked. So that's kind of what's happening um, in terms of the teaching and the instruction and the messaging that uh, we're, we're engaged in through this next month, the month of October. I'm calling the series Necessary Endings. It started last week. It's based on this book by Dr. Henry Cloud by the same name, Necessary Endings. And it's really a beautiful way to kind of give context and maybe put some, some muscle underneath the, the, the process, the the ideas, the practices that we need to embody as we move through the necessary endings that are a part of living. It's, he says that really the most powerful sort of first step is to recognize that, that these necessary endings that occur for us in life, that, that they need to be normalized. So much of us, so when, we, when we think about an ending, there's a great deal of resistance to that. There's a great deal of pushing back, of wishing it were somehow different. Um, and Cloud suggests that we, we move from a different direction. He says, if you put this in the context of endings, if you begin to see them as normal and even as a good thing, that we'll embrace them and we can take action to execute them well. We'll see them as a painful gift, is his suggestion. But if you see an ending as meaning that something is wrong or that this has to happen, you'll resist them or fight them long past the time when they ought to be fought. And he describes a process through which um, there, there's, a, there's even an, 
a process that happens in our thinking, kind of intellectual capacity around that. If we're resisting, if we think it's going to be wrong, then it's sort of a worldview where we think this is a problem that has to be solved. And we're going to work and push against it. And that worldview doesn't allow for space to recognize that the time for this particular circumstance, this instance, this relationship, this dynamic, this structure to end has come. And it's in accepting that that we open up a space for a different possibility to happen. The truth is, he says, that there is no problem to be solved in these endings other than to get a new set of problems. <laughs> so the question then becomes, all right, well, how do we know if something is really at a point that it's time for it to end? How do we discern, how do we decide, how do we recognize, how do we discern what it is that needs to go? And he uses um, a, a kind of gardener's metaphor that I think is really beautiful. And he, so it's, it's this pruning. How many are gardeners? Do you know how to prune? Been pruning? He, he talks most specifically about pruning roses because those are some of the trickiest of all, of all gardening projects. It's roses that take kind of the most discernment. But he basically describes there are three elements that a, guard, that a gardener who's working on roses kind of uses to decide whether or not to prune a particular growth or, or, or sprout. Um, the first of those is if it's, if it's a good growth, if it's a good sort of uh, trajectory, but it's not the best, then that's one to prune, right? Because if we prune those elements, if you have an idea in mind of what you want this, the, the ultimate sort of blossom to be, you want the energy of the plant to be nurturing that one blossom. And rose bushes are very prolific. They put out way more buds than can be supported. So there's a discernment process about being able to cut back that which might be good, but it's not the best sort of seeding or bud. So that's the first piece. We'll, we'll dive into that in a little bit. The second piece is if it's sick, and it's not getting better. If it's weak and really not, if it's draining energy and resources out of what the plant needs to thrive and be vibrant, then that gets cut. That's an ending that we cut. And the third, of course, is if it's just dead. If there's a branch that has just completely died, um, it now has become an obstacle. And the rest of the plant has to sort of grow around it in itself. You've seen that happen on trees, right? When a, a part of it dies and these, it just spreads out in weird, weird directions and weird ways. And it becomes um, just a less vibrant, healthy, really whole specimen of the plant, right? So those are the three kind of elements that we're going to explore. As I ask you to sort of invite... Um, just entertain, dance with the idea of something in your current life experiences at a point that probably would be a good idea to, to remember that endings are a part of a greater process, to remember that it, it may be time for something in your life, some experience in your life, some habit that has perpetuated this period, some attitude that we've got to be able to let go of that so that as we move forward and begin to create from a more vibrant energy, that energy is all freed, right? And we've all got, over the course of this last year and a half, there is plenty that we need to let go of. As we look around culturally, the opening song that Felina sang is powerful about sort of the structures that we need to see and the big, big picture um, to change so that we're um, ending war and being able to hold love as holy, so that we're ending structures that have held in place forever um, the possibility that there is even um, disparities and economic disparity and educational disparities. There's so much that needs ending. 
and for us to be able to accept that there are structures and there are attitudes and there are even patterns of behavior that we hold that are ingrained within our own consciousness that are perpetuating and sustaining those structures. That's all part of, so what is it in your mind? What is it in your belief system um, that really behooves ending or engaging in a process of ending? So as you think through that, then I wanna talk through, okay, how do we identify maybe some of those attitudes through these three pruning processes? Last week, by the way, don't you love our decor on the platform? <laughs> it's not maybe as lush as, as we might have, have imagined, but just to kind of let you know that I threw that together out of sort of desperation this morning. Remember last week I took away the tulips because we were talking about seasons, tulips or seasons, and the season for tulips was long past, so we were creating an ending with even our decor in the sanctuary. So, and I also mentioned that in between that, there's, you know, there's a period where we're sort of allowing um, space for what what's needs to emerge or be felt to be held. So that's what this is about, right? We've got, it's going to be an object lesson. As I move through my talk, we'll talk about what each of those elements represents, but um, yeah. So pruning. The first of those to be pruned is that which is, we prune away, we end that which is good, but not best. And the example he used, of course, was the bud on the rose. In our little object lesson here, I would say that would be these. These are, uh, those of you who walked in this morning might have walked right past. We've got a beautiful ornamental plum tree out by the front. Purple leaves, nicely shaped. It's been there about four or five years. Well, every spring it puts up these suckers out of the bottom. These big, giant green suckers that just kind of take away from the beauty of the tree. Certainly they take away from the energy of the fullness of, that's what all these are. I cut those off this morning. These suckers are sort of the, you know, they're vibrant, they've got life to them, but they are not the best that that particular tree has to offer. And the same is true as we begin to look at aspects of our own experience in our lives, that there are experiences where we're investing energy and resources and time that maybe aren't the best, maybe aren't really going to help us to fully embody the purpose that we're here to embody and to live and experience. I think um, the biblical example that I can think of for this is uh, around the woman who touched the garment. And I want, I want us to think of it. Remember, we're thinking that the, all of the characters in the Bibles are representative of a part of our experience, right? And for this morning, I would like you to think about um, this from the perspective of Jesus moving through the crowd, right? You remember the story. There's a woman who's had an issue of blood for a long, 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 long time, and she knows that if she's able to touch Jesus' hem and the garment, that she will be healed, right? So that's her work. She's done that faith. But from Jesus' perspective, imagine him walking through this crowd, and there are people pawing at him and clamoring to be with him, and there are crowds all around him, and he stops in the middle and says, who touched me? His disciples are baffled because they're looking at this crowd. How could, he, how could he discern? How could there be any as a, who touched me? And what Jesus recognizes is that in the woman's touch, the hem on the garment is that's the best. That's the faith. That's the healing that was to be brought forward in that moment. So he was able to kind of um, remove himself to end sort of all the stimulus that was happening in the rest of the crowd, to end that and be fully present to that which was ready to be reborn and renewed. Right? So the ending is around the distractions that are taking our energy away from what's most important in terms of how we move forward. So that's the, as you look through your own experience, your own life, where is it that, because life, um, um, I've forgotten his name, Cloud, Henry Cloud says, life 
um, is we know that life is abundant. And there are way more ideas that you have. There are way more objectives and goals, and there are way more demands on your time and energy and attention than you can possibly fulfill to the highest purpose, right? So as we begin to really discern, all right, which of these, which of these tasks that are on my to-do list, which of these relationships, which of these phone calls really um, call me to be fully present and engaged in a more powerful way? As we can begin to identify those, we can really move into a space of being ready for um, ending those other pieces. Does that make sense? All right, so on from the next piece would be um, from, from good but not best is sick but not getting well. And I want to make the distinction, right? There are times when um, a gardener working on a rose, there might be something that's, maybe it's got um, a, a leaf mold, you know, something that can be treated so that an, uh, a branch that is sick, uh, that might need more attention, that, that can be sort of rejuvenated and revived and continue to be a vibrant part of the plant. But there are points, and it's true in our lives too, there are points when, when something's not working and we've been trying over and over and over again, and we have exhausted the resources to be able to restore that, to bring it back into health, to bring it back into a part of the, the fullness of that experience. There's a time to just recognize it's time to let it go. It's a detraction from our truest purpose, and that's an ending that needs to happen. That's a pruning that needs to happen. That's the dead branches <laughs> in my little object lesson here, right? The time for those is past. There, there's no life happening in there. So it's, it's those, if there are those areas in your own life experience when, you know, you've been trying to make this work, you've been trying to make it happen, and there's just no rejuvenation coming. It's just really clear that this is never going to recover. This is never going to be um, what would serve your life to its highest and most complete and fullest expression. And it's time to just prune that back. So that's the second piece. Third piece, and this one's pretty obvious, right? Long dead... Oh, I got that backwards. That was my object lesson for the long dead. <laughs> when it's actually dead and gone and there's just no life in it, you cut it off. But the, the one that's sick but not to its full potential or sick but not recovering, that's the piece where we can begin to know that that's an ending. Um, so sick but long dead, or I mean long dead and no life at all, those seem to be the easier ones. And the, the reason that, um, that those are most attracting is that if you look at a plant where there has been a dead branch that's been allowed to just kind of hang out there. What happens around that plant is the rest of the plant has to completely adapt itself to grow around this dead portion, right? It, it's, it's misshapen. It's, it's not ever going to be healthy. It's sort of, it's a real distraction. So those spaces where we're moving into, um, where we're... Um, just sort of supporting or sustaining something that has no life in it. I think a real beautiful kind of prosperity practice of this is if you went home to your closet and looked at a bunch, you probably got some clothes that you're never going to wear again. Maybe it's got some holes in it, but it, it was a sentimental thing that you're holding on to, but it just becomes a drain on your emotional well-being. It becomes a drain on the space that you have. But there are... There are um, our belongings that we have even that are getting in the way of being able to clear out and make space available and room available in consciousness to be able to sort of fully embody that. So those are the three areas that as you begin to look through your own life um, for experiences or habits that are ripe for ending. The first again is good but not best. 
The second is sick but not recovering. And the third is dead and over, right? Those three areas. So, and that's pretty much where Cloud ended the discussion in this passage. Um, what I'm going to suggest, though, is that I've been working with ideas this week, is that there's another, there's another purpose for pruning, right? Um, Rose Johnson taught me this. It's propagation. There may well be a beautiful, vibrant um, um, cutting from a plant, and the whole idea of pruning that back is so that that plant can sort of be take root in a completely different environment, and there's a, a brand new life that's being experienced and birthed from the propagation of the last one. It's an ending to the main plant. It's a brand new beginning so that the plant can be sustained and can spread and grow on. Um, and we have an opportunity here within the ministry at Unity on the North Shore. Um, well, we're, we are actually enacting uh, one of those endings right here, right now. Um, we are, and I think I'm gonna invite Reverend Christina up at this point so that she can speak to how that's being expressed in, in our ministry. Reverend Christina Garza, looking beautiful in vibrant pink. Good morning, beautiful people. How are you all? It is really cool in the sanctuary. I'm really pleasantly pleased. Well, it's a wonderful Sunday, and thank you, Reverend Kurt, for that inspiring message that really helps us relate um, nature and how nature is just such a beautiful way for us to understand our lives and the development in our lives. And so when we decided to do this series, we really had no idea what that energy would bring or what spirit was kind of calling us to do with this series for this month. And um, so it's always interesting how Kent said divine order is the affirmation and so we are in divine order. So I wanted to come here today to share with you all some amazing news, which is also very difficult news at the same time. I've decided to take a senior minister position at the Unity of Nashville. So I will be leaving officially uh, Unity North Shore, but never really gone completely. And starting my first Sunday is October 3rd at Unity of Nashville. I have to just say, sometimes we do things in life that we have absolutely no idea why. And this is one of those things. I was quite transparent when I was offered or when I was being considered for the position, when they asked me, why am I doing this? I said, I have no idea. Um, and so I'm shocked that they actually gave me the job. <laughs> <laughs> but I really didn't. I had no intention of leaving. I had no intention of applying for a job. I didn't go looking for a job. I just happened to see one day completely by accident, right, divine accident, the job posting, and that was back in December, and I applied, and then fast forward now, the churches are open again, everything just took off, and I was offered the opportunity. It's been a really difficult decision for me to make, um, leaving this amazing community who has been so, so amazing to me, and allowed me to really 
become the minister um, that I am now and that I will continue to be because this community has been so wonderful, so beautiful, so supportive, so open, so non-judgmental, so non-critical that has really allowed me to trust my inner voice to continue to be who I need to be in this world. And so forever, I will be grateful um, for that. Um, but, you know, it's been a very difficult decision to make, but I also know that I'm being called. So I want everyone to know that it is not because of anything in this community. It's been one of the most difficult decisions of my life, but I also know that Spirit is telling me Nashville is where I need to be. And so Nashville is where I will be going. <laughs> so my last Sunday um, to give a, a sermon will be August 22nd. So in two weeks um, will be my last Sunday on the pulpit. And my last Sunday here at Unity North Shore will be September 12th. And so we're going to have a party, y'all. So, um, you know, I just look forward to just sharing with you all and doing, you know, just some official temporary goodbyes. Because, again, as I said, I will be traveling back and forth from Chicago and still looking forward to figuring out what collaborative church will look like. That's part of the pruning process, too, when you go and you build something new and you put it into a new pot and see what what grows and becomes and so that is something as many of you all know has been just a tenant of my ministry to do collaborative church and so I look forward to seeing what that might look like um, between a collaboration between Chicago and Nashville who knows so much love to you all know that you all are in my heart and my one ask from each and every one of you is to pray for me, if you wouldn't mind, um, as I move into this transition, and to pray for Reverend Kurt and this congregation that is so amazing and so mighty and will continue to grow and flourish and be a blessing to this world without me. <laughs> Thank you. So little did we know, necessary endings, right? When we decided to make that a theme for the month, um, we get to practice it as a spiritual community in ways that we never envisioned. Sometimes that's how spirit functions, right? So what I'd like to do is, um, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful, I mean, in some ways, um, when Christina told me, my first reaction was like, I'm so happy for you, and my second reaction is, but what about us? You know, it's, a, it's that very mixed kind of blessing that we move through it, and that actually is the exact same process that we're talking about in, in, this, in this engagement of, of being with necessary endings, and all of the nuances of what that feels like, and, and what it suggests for us moving forward, and the possibilities that might emerge, and the, and the, the, the resistance that we might incur, and that we might address as we're moving forward into it. So we're, we're, we're in that process now, between now and officially September 12, right? Because that's when she'll actually be moving. Reverend Christina will be moving to Nashville. But between now and then, we have the opportunity, really, to live this practice that we're talking about as being so crucial to creating a world that really is based in love, a world that doesn't glamorize war and hate and separation, but a world that really embraces love and oneness and compassion and truth. 
we get to be it in a way that we didn't even imagine was possible. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. And if you'd like to support the ministries of Unity on the North Shore, you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 815-827-6052. Again, text GIVE to 815-827-6052. Or visit us online and click the donate button www.unityns.org. You'll also find there a complete menu of offerings for sort of remote and distance learning through this time of sequestering. God bless you. And again, thanks for joining.